Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. We found out this week we're getting the newest adventures of Lois and Clark called Superman and Lois. We are also going to talk about the streaming wars heating up and what it means for comic book TV. Big answers, we don't know, but we're going to guess. Big questions, <laughs> certainly. Educated guess is coming your way today on Collider Heroes. It is episode 329. I am Amy Dallin. I'm Coy John Rowe. And we are joined once again by our buddy John Roca. Welcome uh, back. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about all the super, uh, superhero TV. Superhero TV, get with it, people. There's a lot to talk about. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's get to it. It feels like a comic book like store, and now it feels like we just found that like back room. Like how yeah. there's like there's another. Oh, there's more. I didn't realize we I, could get to more. I had no idea there was more, and there's no scientific way for me to extend my day to consume it all daily. I need Hermione time turner. The time machines, right. yes, that we need, or the appropriate magics. Yeah. To consume all of this, including our brand new addition, uh, the family is expanding, both their family and the TV family. Superman and Lois will mm. be coming to the CW. This honestly took me wildly by surprise. What about y'all? We had heard no rumblings, and <laughs> I also I kept hearing them be like, ah, we're not going to use Tyler Houchland that much. And I was like, you totally should. And clearly the, all those rumors were wrong because now there's a whole show. Mm. Uh, this was the best surprise. Like, I'm, I'm so excited for this. This is exactly what I wanted out of the CW. So it is Supergirl's Superman mm -hmm. with the appropriate Lois Lane Bitsy Tulloch uh, that you have seen on crossovers on the CW universe. Is this the first time Superman is a Supergirl spinoff? Oh, <laughs> and could it portend what might be happening in the DCU, EU, or whatever as it goes down the road? Yeah. There's been a lot of rumors that they're going to spin off the new Superman that will replace Henry Cavill out of the Supergirl movie. There have been rumors about that as well. Hmm. So I don't know how they're going to play. So maybe this is like, like a little, a little, little test. test balloon. Little, yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's put this up there and see how people react. I want to give a shout out to my friend who is a VP over at Berlanti Productions. We had him as our guest on one of my podcasts, The Geek Buddies. He didn't mention any of this. So this was a <laughs> 
huge surprise. And uh, kudos to him for keeping his mouth shut because I was shocked by this. And I thought after Lois and Clark, because we didn't hear about Dean Cain or Terry Hatcher coming back in these crossovers, and probably for a number of reasons with mm. Dean, but certainly Terry could have come back. So I wonder if they'll move Terry into this situation as maybe Lois Lane's mom or something like that. That would be I'm a cool. fun little wink to everyone else who really still loves the, the adventures of Lois and Clark. So. so essentially, this show seems the closest in tone to that. They've said mm. it's going to be uh, about the challenges of being working parents. If you watch the crossovers, you know what the situation there. Um, but it seems clear, like, they're not retconning that. That is part of their reality. Uh, it's going to involve their work. They are both mm-hmm. journalists. Now, it is very interesting because... That journalism territory is the heart, a lot of the Supergirl TV show. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how much they will be connected, if they're going to be connected, and how you have a Superman TV show as the left field news. Like, yeah. we have Air- Canaries coming up, and we have, surprise, Superman back on TV mm-hmm. for the first time in approximately a decade since Smallville went away. Is yeah, that about, about right? Yeah. And, and for me, the two questions that rise from that are, one, will it follow, like right now in the Bendis stuff, there's so much about the two of them and their kid. And right mm-hmm. now in the Lois Lane comic, the Greg Rucka book, which is incredible, there's so much about her and him, their relationship and their kid. Like, right now Superman is very them being parent-focused. So I'm wondering how modern the comics are going to be that they're basing this off of. Is yeah. it going to be a more direct adaptation that we've gotten from Arrowverse lately? Because usually the Arrowverse is like, let's take 20 years of comics, that'll be this season. Let's take 10 years, and they're able to do a greatest hits. But you don't think of Superman and Lois as like with child for years and years. That's a fairly new adaptation. So I'm yeah. really excited to see that take. And also, will this be out of crisis in a way that something happens in crisis that causes this specific storyline to need to be mm. a piece of it. I might hurt some people's feelings, but I have to say anything that makes me forget Superman Returns with the Super Kid, <laughs> I'm all about it in a new approach to this. And breaking news, I just texted my friend before we started, the one over at Berlanti, is there going to be a Super Kid? He goes, I can't tell you Wink smiley face. So uh, that's all I can tell you. That's all I can tell. That's literally what he texted me here. I can't reveal his name or what, he, but this is what he said. Can't tell you with the heart kiss. Wink, smiley face. So, you know, who knows? It sounds like maybe there's a possibility there could be a super kid. So, but I think this is the way to handle it as opposed to the movie that Brian Singer did. This is the way to handle it because you'll have time to develop that possibility and the stresses and the pressures of what they might encounter as being new parents, what it's like, you know, what do you want, what does he encounter? Superman having been raised by adopted parents. Now, mm-hmm. what does he go through raising his child, being afraid of his child's superpowers in the new world? What would that be like? So, all of that is going to be interesting to explore. Oh, and by by the way, she's a reporter who's constantly working and covering mm-hmm. massive news. So what strain does that put on their relationship? So all of that, finally, like, who's it going to be their babysitter? That's what I want to know. Because this sounds interesting to me on so many levels. Thank goodness we have a huge arrowverse of potential babysitters. Yes. Please tweet us your fave, like, your best and worst picks for babysitter, I feel. I love that that's the crossover option. Like, like which character from these nine shows <laughs> will be crossing over to babysit their kid? And I, I, a lot of the best comics right now, like, the Superwoman book that I've liked most of any Jessica Drew story is her as a mom. Spider-Woman? Uh, yeah. Spider-Woman, yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, and, like, that is a very interesting take because it's such a long-form story. So I like that this show, it's, you know, our format. It's a long season. I want to find out what that's like, and it's mm. a totally different dynamic. And I will say, Lois Lane is one of the all-time great characters. So yeah. any day where I found out that she is, uh, as to me, she always should be 50% of the story, 
it's pretty exciting. Like, yeah. I don't, I hope that it's not taking, you know, I never, I don't want any of the other shows that we know and love to lose energy or support, but it feels like only a good sign, only a growing. Like, they, they are, like, we have two new shows now that we know are coming up in the CW-verse with, as we'll get into on the podcast, finding out that Batwoman's been extended for a full season. Uh, it's sort of, it's all good news. And so much news. Which yeah. is weird, like, eight years into any TV phenomenon. You expect a winding down. That is the more natural life cycle, I want to say. I think we all keep waiting for that to happen, but it's not <laughs> happening because new generations are coming up. Look, eight years ago, those kids were just discovering this stuff, and now they're seeing it all blow up, and we were more just happy that it's happening. Yeah. These people are now expecting it to happen, mm-hmm. so it's a different approach it's In 75 overall. years, are we going to be celebrating the like 80th anniversary of the CW like <laughs> superhero universe? I'm waiting for a channel. There's going to be a channel. Oh, yeah. That. Like, oh, the Berlanti channel? Almost, That's a, oh, yeah. It's almost that now. Like You could have yeah. a lifetime channel of superhero content. Totally. Like, you could have an actual superhero yeah. network tomorrow. The BC, the B Berlanti channel. I subscribe to it. It's all <laughs> BC, there. DC. Multiple, yeah, BC, DC, boom. There it Multiple is. seasons of that. Absolutely. <laughs> Give that to Amy. So we're going to be talking a lot more about the shifting world of superhero television. Uh, and we can add any, any more thoughts we have on, on Superman and Lois there. But speaking of what we're tuning, tuning our channels to, Koi. Is there anything particularly <laughs> exciting that you got to do lately for a show that we are very, very into? Damon Lindelof <laughs> is just the coolest, and Watchmen is just the best, and I said it years ago, don't adapt Watchmen again, and I love Zack Snyder's movie. Then I said, don't make another Watchmen comic, and then I love Jeff John's book, and now there's a Watchmen show I love, and I got to talk to the writer <laughs> and showrunner in a comic book store surrounded by Watchmen, and he was amongst the most knowledgeable people, not that I've had on the show that I've ever talked to about comic books. Damon Lindelof is an active Wednesday warrior. It was actually a challenge to find books he didn't have, which was a great challenge, and it was such a good episode, and the man is brilliant, and we have a clip for you guys. I'm Coy Jandro, this is Comic Book Shopping, and I'm here with Damon Lindelof. How you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. This show is canceled. Maybe not the polar bear. Yeah, exactly. The fact that I get to do this for a living is is incredible. Oh my God, what? The John Carpenter. We are doing some comic book shopping in honor of Watchmen, which I am dying to dive into. I am so excited, but first, we should buy some comics. Oh, we absolutely should. We're at Golden Apple. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's take a bite. Let's do it. The man knows his comics, he knows his Watchmen, and he's also, like, the coolest dude. And fun fact, I think it might be a breakout video, but he also paid my rent for a year because I was in Star Trek Into Darkness. So, uh, <laughs> I, got to, I got to tell How him. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I'm just saying, if I'm going to be a Disney shill, according to the internet, that man actually paid my rent. Uh, so, it was really cool because he didn't realize that, so I got to tell him about when I was a Nibirin that he created. So, I was a character that he created while we were on a show that I was hosting in a comic book store while talking about Watchmen. So, it was, like, Deadpool meta. Nice. If it's not uh, meta, it's not Watchmen. Th- and if it's not meta, I'm not talking about it. So it was, it was a really cool conversation, and we got to talk about like the ramifications of how important that show is, and why he chose that show. And it was, it was just everything you want to have from a showrunner and writer and I could have done a six hour show so I'm going to try to do a six hour Damon I'm finding you (laughs) (laughs) I will say uh, a mini Watchmen report it is week two and I'm even more in than I was before (laughs) you said the second episode might be better than the first Mm -hmm. yes yes I will agree with Amy that it is better than the first 
Uh, and for all of you who are like, why is Watchmen political? Please go back and read the book, because you clearly don't understand the graphic novel, which is all political, ladies and gentlemen. Both personal relation political and politics themselves. They cause nuclear war. All right, that's all I'm going to say. All comics are political to a point. Well, but sure, but this was over. Literally, yeah. like, watch, like, it's literally. like watching the news and being like, why is this political? Like, yeah. Watchmen is politics. Also, I hate to break it to you, Dark Knight Returns. Politics. <laughs> Hate to bring it to you. All of that is real, people. And I understand people that love Rorschach being upset by the way the character went, but it's exactly a logical based jump in right. time and because of how Watchmen ends. And they're using his actual words. Right. And that's, that's what I like. A, he was already a mixed yep. bag, guys. I love yes. him. But he was always this guy. The reason he's a yep. fascinating character is because he's a mixed bag and the way the character lands with the legacy of Rorschach, it's not illogical. And that's that's the argument I keep seeing. I'm like, no, no, no. Where that newspaper was positioned and the way he said things, all of it could go that way. I'm not saying it would and I'm saying that it makes sense that this could be someone's interpretation of it, but don't dislike the show because of something that's so broad strokes. Yeah. Like, give the show a chance because it's not illogical, and holy crap, you're missing out a great show if that's your that's your mountain to die on. It's, it's the wrong mountain. Yeah. And we, yeah, okay. Well, and, and, and now I just want the whole show to be about Watchmen, uh, which is not, in fact, your thing. But we wouldn't have uh, the Watchmen show without, of course, Watchmen the comics. And we have some comics that you should be picking up this week. Uh, at the top of our list, our comic book pull list, this was basically another mutual pick for this week. Excalibur, number one, with a team that will mostly look like it makes sense and has some surprises coming at you with, uh, I believe, Teeny Howard and the incredible Marcus Cho. What's up next? Then we have Joker Killer Smile, number one, a book I've been waiting actually a year for. Uh, I think they announced this about a year ago. I, I love the team on this. Uh, we're going to talk about it in giant size, but I cannot wait to touch this book. And the very first of an, a, a very exciting new line, the Hill House comics uh, start today with Joe Hill's Basket Full of Heads. And then we've got a variant cover. It's exactly of- what it sounds like. It's a basket full of heads. I like the way he said, heads. <laughs> we've got a variant cover of Fantastic Four Grand Design number one. I went the variant mm. cover because that is Ed Piscore who did <laughs> X-Men Grand Design, which inspired this book. We're going to talk about that in length because you know I love my Grand Design. And let us all go into mourning together because it is the final day of Giant Days. The John Allison sort of slice of life comedy, British, weird, lovely, moving, incredible story wraps up today with Giant Days as time goes by. Number one, the series finale. All right. Anything <laughs> jump out at you from that list? We're going to read these because we have a rare yeah. preview copy. Oh, are we doing a show? I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Joker Killer Smile number one because I've waited very long for this book. Uh, look, I, I would love to say Joker because that's like my one of my favorite characters bar none, but uh, Excalibur strikes me as very, very interesting for so many reasons. Having collected original, uh, you know, the original ones that came out and of course being a fan of the actual story of Excalibur as well. So all of it is always combined. Captain Britain's involved in this thing, so I got a lot, I got a lot of th- reasons to jump into that especially because it's number one which means i'm not missing anything so mm-hmm. i can jump into that but other than that the joker one definitely that's a great damn cover <laughs> i want that as a love t-shirt the prestige format. yeah i love the way the dc black label is doing a lot of their books like that the actual format of the book is prestige and the art just deserves a little extra room yeah it's mm. so gorgeous i was telling koi off camera reminds me of the old school frank miller hard-boiled how they yeah. came out larger yep. than usual and they were fantastic to read and if you haven't checked out uh cammy garcia's joker book criminal mm. sanity it is amongst the best joker and harley stories i've ever read and it is a 
completely different take. You literally couldn't have read a comic and you'd enjoy it. So yeah. it's comics are so good right now, you guys. Uh, they really are. And uh, Hill House has been on our radar for a while. You got to be checking these out. They are new, scary, in time for Halloween comics coming. Uh, Joe Hill did this with the illustrations are by Leo Max, so it's not just his, but he is overseeing an entire line of interesting, scary, spooky stories. Uh, Joe Hill, you many of you will know by now, is a, a phenomenally successful horror author, uh, the creator, co-creator of Lock and Key, which we are all eagerly waiting on the adaptation to finally land for. So he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and he's got a whole line of DC of these coming out starting this week with a basket full of hits. And if you want to hear about the whole line and a little bit of the Lock and Key, I interviewed him at Comic-Con this year, and that's on Collider Interviews channel. So I got to talk to Joe Hill, who is just awesome. Like, he's just a really cool dude, and he's all about, like, 70s horror. And so hearing him translate that to comics, I- I'm excited for this book because of Joe alone. Yeah. Into it. Uh, and it's a very spooky start. Literally. Best of heads. <laughs> Where do you go from there? Uh, you go straight to the comic shop and get these. Uh, we have another thing to talk about. I wanted to put this on the table because... The streaming wars, like, begun the streaming wars have, uh, as you might say. Uh, And they are going on between major outlets right now, and nearly all of these major outlets are scooping up comic book properties. In some cases, they are ones by the same company that owns the streaming service, and in other cases, they are borrowing other things. So I started trying to make a map and sort of figure out what's going on here. We obviously have Disney Plus with all of the MCU originals. We have Disney's ownership of Hulu now, where the Runaways are still going on, but we have some question marks behind shows like Hellstrom and the Offenders animated quartet, quintet. We have Amazon in the game with a bunch of indies. They've got The Boys, an upcoming series like Paper Girls from Brian Vaughn. We've got Netflix, which has an interesting strategy that they have reached out to basically all of the companies. (laughs) Most of their stuff is indies, like Dark Horse's Umbrella Academy, IDW's Lock and Key, the entire Mark Miller that they are working on starting with Jupiter's Legacy, I believe, is the first one out. Uh, maybe Magic Order. Uh, Bone, obviously, we talked about last week getting adapted from Scholastic. Sabrina comes from the Archieverse. Uh, but they also had, of course, the Netflix Marvel shows. And they have the upcoming Sandman, which is part of the Warner mm. Brothers family via DC and Vertigo. And the final season of Lucifer. So they're all over the place. HBO Max is part of the Warner Brothers family and is going to be carrying Doom Patrol. And I assume that is where we will be able to watch Watchmen in perpetuity. Uh, that's just a guess. We obviously have DC Universe. Disclosure, as usual, I work for them and I love them very much and I have a great time over there. And we have originals like Titans, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn and Doom Patrol. Then you have all the splits all over regular TV, uh, which is ABC having S.H.I.E.L.D., which is wrapping up, Stumptown, which comes from Oni Comics, Freeform, with the newly announced closure of Cloak and Dagger, we don't know what that Disney corner of the universe will be leading towards. The CWDC empire is growing, as we've been talking about <laughs> yeah. on the show today. But they also have the Archieverse, which are indie comics, technically. Uh, AMC still has their Walking Dead empire going with Image, but is shutting down their Warner Brothers-affiliated Preacher. That story just ended. It's not anything nefarious, but it goes on the map. Sci-Fi is reaching out to all of the indies. They've got The Woods coming from Boom. They've got Resident an alien coming from Dark Horse. They've got Winona Earp from IDW. They've got Vagrant Queen from Vault. And they have just shuttered Krypton. Again, Warner Brothers. I may have made a color-coded map. There might be a lot going on here. Uh, And then FX, which I guess now is Disney, has an upcoming Warner Brothers show in the form of Why the Last Man. And I have two big wildcard questions, which is one, when is Apple Plus getting in the comic book game? Because as far as I could tell, they have made no pickups or acquisitions. And 
Two, uh, there have been a series of announcements we've covered on this show that I'm very, very intrigued by that I don't know where exactly will lead, which is that legendary television has struck deals with people like Jeff Lemire, Brian Vaughn, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Matt Fraction, and Ed Brubaker. Uh, And I think picked up Matt Kent's Grass Kings like yesterday. Um, And so... We know where at least one of those is landing. Brian Bond's Paper Girls is landing at, what did I say, Amazon? Amazon. Yep. Uh, but where will the rest of them go? What will that mean for comic book TV? It is like watching a gold rush happen. It's very strange. What do we make of it? Who's going to win the streaming wars? Well, thanks for watching this episode of Heroes. <laughs> that was uh, the last 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> I, I just want to also, uh, you won't be able to see this, yeah, but I want to give credit right. to the Jonathan Hickman-esque map yeah, the- that uh, Amy made. There's a color-coded Excel spreadsheet-esque uh, series of uh, I was just impressed. I was being just, judicious. There's even more that didn't go on this it's list. Incredible. Just, just you see her bedroom where she created it. It looks like Homeland. Oh There's yeah, no, she's red totally red radio all, all over. It's massive. Uh, the big takeaways are that the indie platforms, Amazon and Netflix, are scooping up indies. Yep. And it seems like, whether their stories were on their course or for other reasons, a lot of the ones where I had more than one company color on the same line have an RIP next to them, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. And what I find interesting is that the big houses like Warner Brothers having something at a Disney-owned FX. Mm. And, when I, and like seeing Warner Brothers let Sandman happen on Netflix, which is definitely not... It's a conflict. There's a bunch of conflicts, and normally those are RIP'd, except for the ones that are like two years away and the ones that have been delayed a lot. Why the Last Man? We've been waiting for oh. for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Two showrunners recently. Uh, so I'm really curious if Sandman will happen because that's also been Joseph Gordon-Levitt had adapted it like five yeah. years ago. That was going to be great. So a lot of these things are big shrugs when they're the crossover, and is that why they are? Yeah, do we get uh, Why the Last Man or do we get Gambit first? Which one? Or, or a Flash <laughs> oh. movie? Or a Flash movie? Oh. We'll right. see. You know, I think this is, I think it's smart in terms of uh, snatching up these independent titles because it shows that you're in, you're open to more than just the IP. And I bet that IP comes a little bit cheaper than the Marvel or DC stuff. Plus, it kind of gives you a brand in essence for other IPs uh, other independent IPs to come up and be like oh maybe we could pitch it here mm. we could bring our stuff here and if they do good work with these titles then at that point you're like oh this is the place to go to for this kind of stuff when I don't want to I mean Doom Patrol to me is as close as indie with while also being under right. the DC banner yeah. as you get mm. so I think that was an incredible decision for them to put that on the streaming service because that makes it feel different exclusive its own thing it's smart niche even and I think that's brilliant and so I think that's where I find my eye going to more than anything else. On the yeah. flip side, the exact same but opposite, I found Umbrella Academy to be the most mainstream from an indie title. Mm-hmm. Like Umbrella Academy being a big budget Netflix show, that felt very much like a superhero show. That right. felt super mainstream, but it also definitely loved the comic. Like it, it lived mm-hmm. in the comics frame and Gerard Way has been a part of it the whole time. We've got a season yep. two coming out. So I'm curious what kind of money Netflix throws at more of these indies to keep them feeling big budget and broad and large, but also keeping true to the comic. Yeah. How surprised were you at Umbre- like they released oh, those numbers, it. the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy numbers. That was surprising. Mm. I didn't think it had that much of a footprint and it really did. I, feel I mean, like wow. A, a major story for this year is a lot of folks finding out, like, the boys and Umbrella Academy, I think, are are 
And I love that we get to have versions of this conversation basically every year, but yeah. are waking people up to a lot of what comics can be and do right. uh, outside of the big two. And obviously, I love the big two, and I want more. But, like, those shows succeeding make space for more weirdness mm-hmm. everywhere, and I think. Even, like, Watchmen's a great example of adapting something that's adapting a comic, but it's not the comic, and that did $1.5 in the age of streaming. Yeah. And that's an incredible number for a pilot, much less a show as dense and strange as Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So I think there's no end in sight, especially for things that are a little bit more adult in, in quotes, like yeah. things that are mature content, Amazon having the boys and that that's their flagship show now. And it's Derek Robertson's the boys. Like what? How did that even happen? Yeah. So Apple Plus, what are they doing? Do they just not do adaptations? Here's the deal with Apple Plus. And this, it, I thought that, you know, when we talked about our movie talk, I remember I was like, oh, this is the way they're going to go. They got so much money. They're already leapfrogging the streaming services and they're going for movies. They're going for Oscars. Mm-hmm. That's what they're uh, uh, attracted to. But. Seeing the middling reviews or mixed reviews for every piece of content that they've been—I mean, Dickinson got destroyed on on uh, the Hollywood Reporter variety. I can't remember what it was, and then uh, the C thing is in there. So the, the reviews aren't so. Morning Glory, same thing. They're not getting that kind of like vibe. To, I think it's called Morning. Whatever. Uh, they're not morning get, show. Morning like show. Yeah. yeah, they're not getting that kind of like push. So right now, if I was a combo, I wouldn't want to sell it to Apple Plus just yet. Mm. I want to see what they can do with their actual original content and see how it grabs onto the market and see if they can sell it and market it correctly and get the right people behind it to do good work. Because if I saw that, I would be hesitant to put it on there because it is a new streaming service. Regardless of how much money is behind it, it's still a new streaming service. Mm. So yeah, how, I would be concerned. I'm sure they've got things in mind, but I'd be concerned. How concerned are you guys about the Hulu stuff? Uh, because mm. when Cloak and Dagger, when we lost Cloak and Dagger, I was a little surprised. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a, a good adaptation of a comic characters that I might have been invested in. They're yeah. like maximum carnage sub characters to me, and they made them very well fleshed out. It was a good show. Uh, you know, Runaways are my boys. I love, I love the the guys and ladies over at Runaways. <laughs> uh, but. I don't know. I mean, I don't think Hellstrom's going anywhere. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but I do think Offenders Animated is going to happen because it's an R-rated series of cartoons that won't belong on Disney+. Plus. Mm. And if you own Hulu, I've always thought that Hulu would end up being the R-rated leg of Disney+, Plus, mm. especially since they've connected them in a way with subscription and things. I think we'll get Offenders, but I don't think we'll get Hellstrom, and I'm worried about my runaways. Yeah, I'd be worried about Runaways. <laughs> as much as we love the show, yeah. on this show, I think uh, you should be worried about it. I mean, a lot of stuff now with all the changes they're making, we're hearing about how many property, how many of their titles or ideas are getting shuffled and put back on the shelf. You know, you're just like, oh, man, okay, well, we'll see. So I think they're going to, eventually over the year, it'll transition into a new approach to that kind of stuff. So who knows what survives? Now, this is uh, same company shenanigans, not even different company shenanigans, but mm. what do you all think about the various Marvel shows we've heard rumored for ABC? But I don't think I'm dead. You don't think <laughs> But like, if you own a broadcast network like ABC, are you trying to put some stuff on there? I don't look. Agents of Shield. I know there are defenders, but that thing survived by the skin of its teeth. The ghost every... of Dorian. Yeah, Dorian's yeah. 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 or you yeah. would have seen a tackle. Yeah, right. There was an Andrew guy tackle it's happened in another. It's a true story, though. <laughs> it's they survived by the skin of their teeth, and sh- kudos to them yeah. for doing that. And there's enough of a strong fan base, but eventually ABC pulled that plug because they couldn't. Inhumans was a debacle. Mm. So, like, yeah, I would be scared to put my stuff on ABC at this point. I would be scared because I don't trust the track record recently with what they've done. 
Although what? they've got a new comic book hit. It's called Stumptown, and it's from Oni. That's fair point. <laughs> and yep. it is about a private investigator in Portland. So yeah. I don't know if this is fair because it's a broad generalization, but I feel like network TV might be better suited to adapt indie properties that they have more control over, especially in mind to continuity, mm. like Stumptown, than adapting something that has a fan base that ties into something that ever has timing issues. Oh, because yeah. Marvel shouldn't be trying to compete with itself. Yeah. The problem with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was when it but needed But it works when line. DC does it. We've got the CD, CW just doing their own thing now for but eight years running. You'll notice that Tom Welling didn't show up in the Batman movies. Mm. Like You'll notice that they don't, they don't mix those things where it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tried to line up timing that caused conflicts. They had to wait. They had to rush. All those things. But is it going to work when they do it on Disney Plus? Because Kevin Feige's overseeing all of it. (laughs) I don't think Kevin Feige's going to be running around the ABC offices. I do feel like at Disney Plus, he's going to be like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, 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 money. Like, so I I feel like that's a different animal. (laughs) I hope that's how it works. Uh, But I I don't feel like the ABC has that kind of like uh, cohesive unit like Disney Plus will. And I think that's the strength of Disney Plus is if you own everything and one person's overseeing it, you can tie it all together. Why would they lease out characters they don't have to? Well, what, what CBS got rid of Supergirl, right? What are the do? Hey, do they have any superhero shows on? Does NBC have any superhero shows on? I mean, Grimm's they had gone. Powerless for a second. For, yeah, for a second, which wasn't not the best show. There was possibilities, but not the best show. Remember when PlayStation had a cha- with Powers? Powers. Powers. Ben, Powers. They, Man, they, I tried they really hard. Tried the independent strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But so that, that was, was early streaming. Like, that yeah, was exactly. I think that was also it's kind of like Speed Racer, where it was a little too out of its time. Right. Like Speed right. Racer, real good, but it came out six months too early. But uh, like mm-hmm. Powers was on a network before networks were doing white what PlayStation was doing. Yeah. And like you, I mean, they even got a huge actor. They got uh, Neil Blomkamp's guy, yeah, uh, Shelton Copley. Shelton Copley. Yes. But it's still like it. you'd have to find that network and pay for one show. Right. And that's a little why I'm worried about Apple Plus because you're paying for three shows effectively. I just wonder if there are other networks that are seeing this all happen and are trying to find that comic book IP that will put their channel on the map. Mm. There are, I mean, you, all of us, I'm sure, have had cable or have cable now, and you can flip through 100 channels and see a bunch of channels that show some kind of a mixture of original content and mm. purchased content. So you're like, okay, but not a lot of people know that channel. So how are you going to get to that next level? Where's that IP they're trying to find? Well, and it's not that FX was struggling, but Legion was a great fit for them because it matched the way that they did programming and brought in some people who might not have been checking out like their other prestige shows. Exactly. I think AMC the same. I think AMC is a great network. AMC and FX, I think, are great networks for adult content Mm -hmm. of certain types of comic books that might not live anywhere else. Like Preacher couldn't live anywhere else. And I would argue Legion wouldn't have lived anywhere else because it was such a bold show that you have to throw a lot of money at and a lot of networks aren't going to do that. So, I think that we're going to start to see things get syndicated like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think in five years you'll see a lot of these shows that are exclusive be like over there and be Mm. on networks at like... 8 o'clock at night because that's their prestige show. Will they be years. sharing out the other that way? Like, will Amazon be licensing mm. out the boys to show on, on cable channels or will they want it to be on Prime so you will subscribe to Prime? I don't see Amazon letting things, like, they like money. They, uh, yeah. But I also don't know how much longer cable is going to last. But while it lasts, I think we'll see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, eventually, right? I mean, Either that or this is cable. No, this There's is no difference. We don't cable. even know what we're talking oh, about I'm saying, anymore. I'm saying cable <laughs> versus cable. Right. Like, we're living in cable, yeah. but cable where you have a TV guide that you watch the thing rotate maybe eight years because there's a lot of people that are still on it and we'll see yeah. syndication in the last legs of that to try to keep it alive uh, but this is cable this is oh. the most we've ever yeah. talked about cable in a conversation that wasn't about the X-Men <laughs> Rob Liefeld appears <laughs> um, I'm, one, I'm one of those idiots who still has cable and streaming services wow mm. so it's weird it's weird I can't let go of it it's like you know it's like a you. it's been a part of my life for four decades I can't let that <laughs> I cry that maybe something like because if the, if the Wi-Fi goes down I have no TV <laughs> 
<laughs> and then at that point, I can't handle it. But then so. that's where the recent news comes in about AT&T potentially making HBO Max available to all of their subscribers, right. which sort of cracked open. I was like, okay, this... This strategy may like there was a, like I get that that that's yeah. an interesting move. Yep, that's a and way to save cable is you give them uh, access to other channels as part of the package. NBC streaming service Peacock is going to do the same thing as well. That's a rumor that they're going to do the same thing as well. If you have cable and you have NBC, you get Peacock so and uh, Verizon Disney Plus. Yes, Verizon a year of Disney Plus if you have Verizon. So yeah. it's, it's not getting any less complicated. No. <laughs> uh, crisis on infinite streaming services coming your way. I would be very curious. Tweet us if you already know which of these companies is getting your money uh, and which one you're going to have to sit out. Uh, I'm just, uh, who knows where it'll go. Hopefully the good version of where this goes is a wonderful five to ten years of incredible content at all of these places like we're seeing yeah. right now, like the Boys in Umbrella Academy, like Netflix adapting Bone in a big move to keep my subscriber money, which they're going to. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, here's to whatever the huge future holds. At the end of the day, this is the closest we've ever been to walking to a comic store, not knowing what we wanted to buy, and flipping through a long box and finding a new toy. And that mm. is the best. At the end of the day, we're getting content that I never thought we'd get, and stuff that I actually didn't read, and that's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's about <laughs> it for today on Collider Heroes. Stay, tune into Giant Size. We have to talk about Max Lord, about Watchmen's Petypedia. Very hard to say out loud. When I finally saw it written, I was like, oh, <laughs> Petey is his name. Uh, and so much more. We'll dig into the pull list. We will talk through a very excited R-rated King of the World announcement. Yes. Thank you, Ryan. That's all on Giant Size. And until then, thank you for being here, John Rogoff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's always a blast hanging out with you all. Until next time. Stay, stay sweaty. sweaty. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.